What's up, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode 23. Uh, we got a, a lot to fucking cover this week. I recently just recorded an episode beginning of the week. If you haven't listened to it, download it now. Um, whatever you find your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, I'm on. I'm also on Podbean. I'm, I'm going to get on a few other sites uh, sooner rather than later. Just bear with me. But those are the main sites that I'm on. I'm pretty sure people know about those sites. So just click the download button. Support, you know, support the man that's trying to fucking provide the latest contact locally in the New England area. Just, you know, give me some... Uh, Support the podcast. Support what you are interested in listening to every week. But right now, um, like I said, we're going to get into um, a lot. We're going to get into the Jalen Brown extension. We're going to get into, you know, what happened in that debacle against the Sixers, at least with the Celtics. Um, Probably get into, you know, a few things around the league. You know, how the Clippers were able to do an opening night. You know, the Clippers have done well the past two games. Um, They may possibly be the best team in the NBA. They beat the Lakers and they beat the Warriors the past two games. Um, And then obviously, you know, I'm getting ready to watch the Celtic game later on as they're playing uh, playing against the Raptors, see how they match up against them. Um, Also getting into a little bit of college basketball. The preseason top 25 just came out. Um, we're going to get into a local spin with that, see who got, received some votes. Even if they didn't make the cut, I'm going to let you know um, those schools that received votes and kind of compare them to what I was able to rank those those schools in that top 10 list that I had for New England, for, for the D1 schools in New England. So we'll kind of get into that. Also, we get into a little bit of high school, not much, just some high school news commitments to announce um like i said um finish the top 100 for new england i'm gonna try to get those lists up i know it's been a little while since i i posted um probably a good two weeks now since i posted the last one i just been i have a lot to uh to do with work and stuff at the moment so sometimes that can get in the way of how i'm able to really get all my content in but um just bear with me i've obviously done a, a pretty reasonably good job of getting you know all the news in there in the breaking news cycle every commitment is pretty much every major commitment for high school is pretty much on there so you can check that out that's all obviously just a short read you can click on you know any of the breaking news um breaking news um listings that stroll on the top of the screen on the website if you ever visit the website now, visit it now, rimsnets.com, R-I-M-S-N-E-T-S.com. Go visit it, Google it. Google search is probably the easiest way to find it. Um, definitely has everything you need covered from professional, MBA, college, high school in the local New England region area, regional area. So just, just get get in touch with all that or get all get everything 
everything is basically covered on that site. So just check it out when you get a chance. It's definitely um, a lot of information that's that you'll be definitely interested in if you're a hoop head. But let's get into the let's get into the show. First, we're gonna start off with what the heck happened. What the heck happened to the Celtics on Wednesday night? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like um, I feel like I put a little bit too too much expectations on this team. I don't. I, I, as a Celtic fan, I know sometimes we do overrate our players, and we kind of overrate what they could possibly be. But I know that our team has a lot of talent. I know we was playing against probably the top team in the East, but it just felt so weird to lose to that Sixers team like that. I felt like the Celtics have always found a way to dominate the Sixers over the years, and it just felt like the um, the Sixers, have, they've, they've turned the corner. They they have more talent than us, and it was prevalent in that game. The way Ben Simmons was able to drive and get, you know, get what he wanted, when he wanted, it just, I wasn't used to seeing that ever. Ever like as I mean I mean I've seen Ben Simmons have some big games. So usually he struggles against the Celtics, man. I thought that was and and, this, and to make it even worse, Joel Embiid had a pretty subpar game. Like he had a pretty, you know, a game that he probably would want to forget. I mean he got he got whacked in the nose by Jalen Brown from that elbow. <laughs> so it's like I mean he had a pretty rough game overall i mean i thought ennis Cantor did a decent job on him i just thought he had a bad game people were saying that ennis Cantor was the was was pretty much doing a great job of defense i don't think ennis Cantor was doing anything really special i just thought that joel and just had an off night he just had one of those nights where he was just off like his shots were short like he just he shot the ball and he shot it flat at times and you could just tell like he just wasn't he didn't wasn't in sync and I just thought this was a game that probably a team, a Celtic team that was probably, you know, a team that was um, a little bit more talented or just a little bit that had a little bit more cohesion would have beat that Sixers team on Wednesday. I mean, because the game should have been had, man. It was a it, it was a sloppy game for for the first game. First games usually are sloppy. It was a sloppy game. It was a lot of fouls. Both both teams had, you know, plus 30 in, in, in free throws. So it was a sloppy game. It was, it was a lot of fouls. You know, obviously they had the new challenge rules, so the challenges were were making the game a lot more longer. I felt like, I mean, those challenges were really, like, what's the point of challenging those plays, those fouls? They're, they're, it's not like they were really bang-bang fouls. Like, I thought those coach, you know, uh, Brent Brown, I believe he used one of them. I think Brad Stevens used the other one, and they, they were pretty bang bang. I mean, they were we weren't really bang bang plays. So why would you even challenge those? And plus, I feel like if you really want to really you know, make the make the best out of that whole challenge rule, like you probably should wait to like the last five minutes. I don't know. I, I'm still not familiar with all that all the rules for that challenge. You know, the, for all the challenges, but. I mean, I think you should utilize it under five minutes, and that's it. I don't think you should drag the game on in the third quarter or in the second quarter to use a challenge 
where it's like whatever. It's not really a big deal at that time. But when it's a close game, that's when it's going to be it's going to be worth challenging something. So I don't know. I just that's just my opinion on it. Why would you challenge things in the second or third quarter? Let's just let the let the game let the game keep going. Let the I mean it's not a really it's not a really unless it's a really egregious call when you know it's clearly wrong. Then yeah, challenge it. But if it's like something that even if it is bang bang, I just think why waste a challenge in the second or third quarter? You only get one challenge. So I mean, it just the game dragged a lot, and that's what made it really. You know, I felt like at times, you know, just I was somewhat disinterested because it was just like the game dragged a little bit too much than it needed to be. And it was just way too many fouls. They didn't really let them play at all. They were, you know, the refs are just trying to make an emphasis on what they're going to call throughout the year. So I understand why they do that, you know, early in the year. And obviously, you know, midseason, they start to level up. I mean, level down on what they're going to call. But it was just too much. The one thing I kind of hate now that they call more than ever is the travel calls. I feel like you can't even pump fake. You can't even you can't even pump fake now and actually like drive after a pump fake. They call the travel every time. So I mean, okay, I just don't. I just think the refs are just a little bit too much. You know, they add a little bit too much emphasis on the game, and they should just let them play more. I mean, the travel calls, the challenges, it's just a mess, but. I'm not going to keep complaining about the refs. I'm going to move on with all that. But overall, I just felt like this if it was a better Celtic team that kind of had, you know, a little, they kind of knew who they were. I feel like they were kind of filled themselves out. They kind of don't really know who they are right now. Same thing with the Sixers. They kind of don't, they don't know who they were. That's why it was such a sloppy first half. And the Sixers eventually said, you know, we're bigger than this team. Let's just go inside and just, you know, just make it so tough on them to defend. They can't even they can't even play defense without fouling. So that's what they did in the, that third quarter, and they made that huge third quarter run, and they pulled away after that. And it, the game wasn't the same after that. And Celtics really couldn't, you know, really get past you know more than six points that time. That I mean, they had, they made a run in that you know late third quarter, got it to like six, five. It was like around five six points, and then after that, you know. Tobias Harris started making shots, and and you know Joel Embiid started making plays, and Ben Simmons was pretty much great throughout the game, and then obviously their bench players started to step up. You know, Corsmith hit hit a couple of big threes, which obviously that's going to be a huge problem for the Sixers. Their shooting is definitely going to be one of their weaknesses, and that's why this game definitely should have been had. I just thought, you know, the Sixers have holes, but Celtics obviously have more holes, and. The team that had the least amount of holes won that game, and that's why the Sixers were able to pull away because they just had a little bit more. They had a little bit more cohesion that the Celtics just don't have right now. They just they're still searching for a guy that you, they can count on to make the stop runs. I felt like last year they had that issue because Kyrie Irving wasn't engaged most of the year, so they struggled to close games out because they didn't know who was the who was number one. If Kyrie wasn't going to step up and play and be that number one guy, which you know he get, he got his points, like he always he always would get his points, but they still have that issue where they don't really know who they can lean on to really make big shots for them. And I think if I had to say if I had to say one guy, I think they should run the offense through and kind of lean on 
is I'm I listen, I know Brad Stevens wants it to be a team oriented, you know, type of team and you know, team first and ball movement, stuff like that. But I still think, you know, when times get tough, when teams punch back and they make runs, who, what guy do you, I mean, I feel like they kind of, like like last year's team, they kind of don't know where to go. They get lost, especially on the road. Like, they get totally, like, lost and they totally get in sync. They don't know what to do. They play like a young team, but they, I felt like they, you know, a few of those young guys, they've been there before. Jalen Brown's been there before. Jason Tatum has been there before. They have probably the most experience that you'll see out of younger guys. They played in playoff games before. They shouldn't act that way. They shouldn't handle those punches better. And they they seem like they struggle when they get hit, when te- when good teams hit them, and they don't know how to respond. So, so yeah, I would just say, like, that's what the, that's probably the biggest weakness right now with the Celtics is they have to find a guy they can – rely on to stop runs and and give them give this team some type of cohesion and leadership you know Marcus Smart says all these all those good things I want to be a leader I mean listen I liked what Marcus Smart did in that game he kind of he kind of mixed it up with some guys and you know got guys in foul trouble I thought Marcus Smart had a pretty good game I thought he was engaged I just think Jalen Brown wasn't and it was disappointing when Jalen Brown's got into foul trouble because I felt like this is the same Jalen Brown that we've seen before that is not engaged on defense and ends up getting in foul trouble because he's not in position. So it's just like that little things like that can't happen if you wanna if you wanna be a lead guy on your team, you can't you can't put yourself in foul trouble because you're out of position in certain defensive plays. Cause I feel like a lot of those fouls he just wasn't in position. He just wasn't engaged. I just like he should have been. So and obviously Tatum, he shot the ball poorly. I thought they, I the six, I give the Sixers a lot of credit. They played good defense on Tatum. They made Tatum work for his shots, and I just think that's something that Tatum has to improve on too. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to develop his body. It's it's about time. He's, you know, coming into this third third year now. This is where he's gonna have to. He's gonna take some. He's gonna take some hits from teams. Teams are gonna play him physical, and he kind of didn't handle that physicality well. So it's just like that's a little bit concerning to see that. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to overreact because it is the, it is only game one, but I just think it's just that's probably the one thing they gotta find and figure out. Not saying that they can't figure it out and probably find a guy they can lean on to be that guy that's gonna you know counter those punches that other teams put on them. But that's something they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find. They're gonna have to find that guy and just. You know, this team is not super deep. You got a young bench. You got a lot of guys that are young players on that bench. Carson Edwards comes to mind. Um, Grant Williams is going to get some minutes. You know, Robert Williams is young. So they got a young bench. So it's really up to those starters to really set the tone game in and game out. They have to carry this team. They can't have games where Kimball Walker shoots, what, what did he shoot, like you know, four of of 18, 4, 16, like it just, you, you can't have that, especially on the road. You, you, someone's got to respond when the team is punching them. They When they make a huge run on the, in the third quarter or whatever, they have to they have to know how to respond in those games. It just seems like the past two years, maybe partially, the you know, three years running, that the same, 
you know, core guys, which still are fairly young. So, I mean, I'm not, but at this point, you can't really make excuses for these guys because end of the day, they played in a lot of big games. They, they, they've experienced a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of big games and playoff games, and they've had a lot of success. So they have to show a little bit more moxie. And I just think that's what they're lacking right now. And obviously the Sixers was able to put it on them, and, you know, they were able to pull away in the end. So we'll see how they do tonight against the Raptors. Um, obviously, the Raptors are no slouch either. They did, I believe they won their first game against the Pelicans. But they're no slouch, man. They scored a lot of points against the Pelicans. This defense is going to get tested again. Raptors can score. So even without Kawhi. So that's going to be a game. I, I mean, I heard the line this morning. They said that the Celtics are underdogs. So, I mean, I mean, this is what they want to be, believe it or not. this I mean, they actually perform well when they're underdogs. So let's see how they do. Let's see how they respond after, you know, a a loss like that that they really weren't engaged out there enough to win a win a big basketball game on the road. So we'll see how they do. I mean, I'm not gonna really, really go hard on. I feel like I'm going on on too much, but but we'll see how they do in the next game. It's only it's still early in the season, but um yeah. So Jay, like I said, speaking of Jalen Brown and his. A lack of days ago ness again, but uh, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna be critical of these guys. This is the t- this is, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Celtics, as you know. But yeah, so Jalen Brown got the extension. He desperately wanted um, four years, 115 million dollars, 12 million of that are incentives. So technically, it really is a 103 million dollar deal for four years. 12 million dollars. Those incentives include. I think believe I was reading it on one of the sites. They were saying like, oh, that he could get um he could get those incentives and basically he has to win an MVP. I mean, I don't know. I I I don't think Jalen Brown is an MVP player, but the Celtics are doing themselves a uh, doing themselves a good uh, a, doing themselves, you know where they're not going to pay full out that whole contract because those incentives are going to be really hard to get. When you're sharing the ball with three other guys that want to have the ball in their hands and want to be 20-point-per-game scorers. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, can he rise up to the to that occasion and be that guy? Well, it, I mean, if you look at the first game, it didn't look like he's going to be that guy. But like I said, I'm we'll see. We'll see. What, if Jalen Brown is worth this contract, obviously game one is is not going to help his case. But, like, congratulations to him. You know, he still deserved it. I still think he deserved to get paid around that $20 million. I, I don't think I would have paid him close to a max. Well, this is, like, somewhat close to a max deal. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a $30 million max, but it's still a, you know, a hometown discount max deal. So... I mean, he still would have got paid, believe it or not. I mean, people would have paid him that that price, particularly if he would have hit the market. So, Celtics have said, you know, damn if they do, damn if they don't. You know, they they feel like they have to pay him that, and 
and and they end up saying, you know, let's just not waste time and just just get it over with. Let's not make it a, an issue and let it let it kind of make guys. I mean, I mean, just think about all, what happened last year. You don't want any problems with the with the locker room at all for anything. So if that gets to the point, I felt like Danny Ainge just said, you know what, let me just take care of it now. I don't want. I want a good locker room this year. I don't want a, a a bad locker room like I had last year. So, this was probably the main reason why he got it because he just, you know, Danny Ainge rather just bite the bullet with that one and just say, you know what, I'm not gonna. I can be shrewd about this whole thing, but I'm, you know, I'm just gonna just pay him so that way I don't have any issues throughout the year about when is you know when when am I gonna get paid. So. It is what it is. I mean, so he got his money. He got congratulations to him for getting it. Hopefully, he can prove himself and continue to get better. That's the key. It's just hopefully he, you know, him and Tatum, because those are the guys that we, pretty much the faces of the franchise at this point. Hopefully, they can get better. And then, and as far as like just you know the opening night, and just really how the season's going so far. I mean, I've been impressed with a few teams, but I think the Clippers obviously just have proved themselves that they're probably one of the best teams in the NBA. I mean, for them to pretty much, even though that that Clippers-Lakers game, um, the Lakers were technically had more fans in that game, even though it was a Clippers home game. I mean, it was technically a Lakers home game. I mean, it was technically a Clippers home game, but it really ended up being a Lakers home game because they had, you know... It, they mostly had all Lakers fans there at the Staples Center. So, basically, you know, it was a road game in, in a sense. And Kawhi Leonard had a, had a monster game. Um, and, and obviously, they just flexed their muscles, played good defense. Their bench is really deep, man. They may be the deepest team in the league, and it's not even a long shot. And they're doing all this without Paul George. Without Paul George. Paul George probably won't be available until another month or so. And for them to just, like, absolutely dominate the past two games against the Lakers, and also they blew out the Warriors as well on Thursday night, I mean, that is just impressive, man. That is just really impressive. So, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a Clippers, it's a Clippers championship to win at this point. They're, they are clear favorites in my book. I have, they have the best coach. They have the best bench. They have one of probably one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and uh, you could say that you could say that about Paul George as well. You can't really, you could definitely say both of those guys are two elite two-way guys in this league. So, yeah, the Clippers are in the driver's seat. That, they should win sixty-something games this year pretty easily. If they don't, that'll be a huge surprise because they're just that much much better than everybody else. Even against elite teams, they're blowing out a you know pretty decent teams like Warriors are still a playoff team they blew them out they put up 140 points against them so but yeah and then the Raptors beat the Pelicans like I said that's gonna be what the Celtics gonna be playing Sakim is a great player he's on my fantasy team by the way um it was so weird I didn't I was like literally like um I had a, I had a you know a fantasy draft the other day and I missed Missed um, you know I didn't. It was it was like a last minute thing. I didn't know 
the draft was going to happen at, you know, supposedly the person that I'm having the, uh, I'm having the fantasy league with, he's like, oh yeah, like we're going to be drafting tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, cool bet. I'm just going to just go grab some food, relax, probably get ready for bed. All of a sudden he's like, oh, we're, st- we're starting to draft at 730. So I just seen the text. He texts me that, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I had to scramble, log on to ESPN, figure out, like, oh, how I'm going to draft these players. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And then all suddenly I finally log in. It's like 740, 740-ish. I probably missed, like, about 10, 15 minutes, and, like, four picks already went off the board. Four rounds went off the board already. It's like an eight-team league, by the way. So it's like, damn. So I missed out pretty much on a fourth of my whole roster. And then I had to, like, really scramble and just try to figure out what were the best players after that. And my first, I just remember that my first pick was Gordon Hayward. I was like, all right, I have to pick up Gordon Hayward. Um, that's probably the best player that I know that is available that I that I think is going to have a pretty strong year. So... He was like my first pick. Sakium, I didn't even pick. I didn't even pick Pasco Sakium. So I got lucky on that. I like Pasco Sakium. I think he's a guy, a productive player that can score, can rebound, can do a lot of different things, get steals, blocks. He can do. So he's pretty much a perfect fantasy player. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns was also my first pick, which obviously I didn't pick it. So, but it ended up working out. I ended up getting a decent team. I ended up picking up Carson Edwards on, um, you know, I mean, he, he got undrafted. I was able to pick him up off waivers the next day. So it all worked out. Picked up Ennis Cantor. Uh, what was it? What was it? I think I had, like, another Celtic on there. I think. No, I believe that was the only one. I had Carson Edwards, Ennis Cantor, and then Gordon Hayward. I think I had three Celtics. So it was a decent team overall. But, um. So, yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Sakim had a huge game, 34-18. and 18. And like I said, he definitely helped my fantasy team out. Hopefully, I can recover today because, you know, we have a lot of games on, so a lot of players are playing on my team. So, hopefully, they do well. Picked up Terrence Ross. I like Terrence Ross. He's on my team. Um, I think he'll have a nice year with the Magic. He's a guy that really they had to rely on for scoring wise. Um, who was the other guy I picked up? I picked up Zion Williamson, but he's obviously injured. So that was a surprise to me to f- find that he was like still available in the sixth or seventh round that I was picking in. So it was it was a, it was a decent team. I'll definitely talk about it. Obviously, in my fantasy part of the show. Um, but yeah, let's move on to, um, move on to the next segment. I know I'm rambling a little bit. All right, you listen to the Ribs and Nets podcast. We'll be back with the second segment. We'll be right back. <laughs> 